There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm Joe Elvin. I'm the editor-in-chief of Glamour magazine, and we are here again for your weekly care and rescue package. That's the way I'm thinking about it. This is the podcast that you can use to get through the mental anguish and ordeal of your daily commute. Just think, you know, if someone's just sneezed on you or even if you've got a seat and you've looked up and then you've got a face full of bum right next to you. Ooh. Hello, now we're talking. <laughs> Look, you know, this is I'm just revealing my truth and I'm sure a lot of the listeners' truths. But you know what? It's going to be okay because this is, hey, it's okay. Buckle up. Thank you for joining us again on Glamour's Hey, It's Okay. Today, it's an extremely exciting one. We're going to be talking about lying or what we like to call embellishing the truth and just about having a directionless life. Is that okay? Do you think that's going to be okay, Cat Brown? Hi, Cat Brown. I really do. Hello, Joe. It's very nice to be out from my producer pit. Yeah. Which we've shoved James into. We're going to let you talk. Glamour's social media editor. I'm very excited. Hello, yeah. everybody. But you know what? The headline is... I mean, we're both, we're so excited. Cat Brown is so excited. She's even worn a, an approved sort of like waist cinching trademark cinching belt. Done. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, in the style, sort of really pioneered, I think, by this absolute guru, this modern day Renaissance man, this television presenter, radio presenter, fashion designer, stylist. I don't know. You cook as well, right? It's Gok Wan. It took it's me a while to so get there. Nice to be. What an intro. I could listen to that for days. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Lovely to be here. You both look gorgeous, by the way. You look all, stunning. No, we look the same. Okay, yeah, so I well. walked into the office to see you guys. It's like I, looking I, in a mirror. Literally, the Bretons. We've got the dark blue. It's all going on. Can I tell you um, something as well? I have to show you pictures from when I was three years old. I literally did look like a Chinese baby. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, really? Because when I was born, I looked like a panda. And that's the honest truth. I, I, I literally looked like a baby panda. That is goddamn adorable. <laughs> and now look what happened to me. Yeah, and? Oh, you're so good. 
I love coming <laughs> into this office. You're so good. Oh. It's normally my job to make everyone feel confident. I honestly, I've never felt so good about myself. It's brilliant. You it's look amazing. like a sexy burglar. What, you, you? you do, actually. Yeah. I don't. I love I the fact that Kat gave it a little bit of a wiggle with the, with the hips then as well. A sexy burglar. Oh, I've been so excited. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you're going to be a burglar, at least do, the, do us the decency of being a sexy one, all right? Absolutely. Yeah. Five and chills will go stuff. home. Like that yeah. hot felon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that word. Yeah. That's that word. It's amazing. Can we talk about the waist belt? Is that okay? Can we do that here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Kat, I'm loving the waist belt and on you. James producing. So we we need to dream. get some pictures so that we can show the it's listeners, straight amazing. viewers. It's Absolutely. gorgeous. So we've sort got a gorgeous for... floral dress going on, and it's got all this beautiful ruffle detail on the shoulders and around the neckline, all the way going down the placket at the front. And then this is great moment of waist, yeah. which feels uber feminine and great and powerful and sexy. It's, it's lovely. It's a I, great look. I'd like to know where the dress is from, actually. I'm really going to let you down now. It's from H&M. It's an H&M special. Why is that, why is that letting you I down? A, that now, now anyone listening will be able to go and seek it out. It's gorgeous. It's yeah, beautiful. it's really, really lovely. H&M, I, listeners, uh, obviously, because you can only hear my voice, you can't see that I'm six foot one. And shopping when you're very tall is an absolute nightmare. But H&M dresses are brilliant. They are absolutely fantastic. It fits uh, you like the a glove. Ones. Yeah, it's a great length it. as that's, well. That's yeah, not an really, ad, really but really I wish it, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you look great yourself as well, Joe. Oh, yeah, you have to say that. No, I don't have to say that. Fine, thanks, God. You do look wonderful. <laughs> Earlier on, we walked in, the first thing Joe said was, I need my hair cut on a Thursday. It's getting done on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, but actually, I really like it. I think it looks wonderful. My daughter keeps calling me Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy. Get away from Ibiza, George Northwood. Hurry back to me. Anyway, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you, Gok. Nah. Gok, is Gok short for anything? I've always yeah. wanted to ask. So it's made up. My Go- name is Gokulees. Gokulees. Uh, yeah. Like some kind of Greek god. Gokki Wokki Doodah. Uh, Gokki Wokki Doodah. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? It's not. It's completely made up. My real name is Kohen. Um, which is spelled K-O-W-K-H-Y-N. So it's a Chinese-English spelling. Mm. I think somewhere along, in the 70s somewhere, someone just made it up. So it sounds like this, so we'll just put these letters into a box. Um, but I, when I went off to drama school, my drama teacher said, there's no way that you are ever going to get an agent with a name like Cohen. And, uh, and I'm from Leicester, and so they can't really pronounce all those silent letters very well. So they used to call me Gokin. So I went to drama school, and I decided I was going to call myself Gok Wan. And actually, I have to say, it's one of the best things I ever did in my life. It was incredible. Like a, a slight reinvention without even re- re- realising, like a makeover of my own name. It's just so cool. Well, yeah, thank you. I, well, it wasn't supposed to be called. Cool. It, it was for ease more than anything else. But actually now, with the job that I've got and like kind of branding purposes mm. and that, you know, labelling and stuff like that, it just makes it much easier. It's just part of the package, isn't it? There literally is nobody like Gok Wan <laughs> from the name onwards. That's well, it. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm blushing. But thank you very much. Oh. Now tell us about your another first is coming from you. Yeah. You're taking your kind of like your brand, your thing, your whole shebang on tour. Yeah. I'm, Tell I'm, us all about it. I'm doing my first one-man show. Well, actually, I've coined it as my first one-queen show. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, I, I got asked by the producers if I would consider doing a show. We didn't know what it was, whether it was going to be a makeover show, whether it was going to be, uh, you know, autobiographical or it's a stage show, just me on the stage. And I kind of thought about it. And just by chance, and literally by chance, and I know you love Dawn, Dawn French, um, I was going to see her, um, her one-woman show. And she's a really old friend of mine. I used to dress her years ago. Oh, she's so uh, awesome, right? She's so amazing, brilliant. Mm. And I thought I knew everything about Dawn. And then I went to go and see her show. And I walked away thinking actually 
I didn't know all of this stuff. Yeah. And it was amazing, and it was a real revelation. And it's that kind of convinced me, actually, like, maybe I should do this, maybe I give it a go. So I wrote a list, and I started with three or four different things, thinking, what have I not really talked about in great detail in, in, in uh, the media? And suddenly this list got longer, and longer, and longer. And before I knew it, I had you know, enough material for 20 shows. Wow. And I thought, well, do you know what, let's give it a go. And so this is where we are, really. So yes, it was kind of slightly autobiographical, uh, slightly not, kind of taking the mick out of the fashion industry for its ridiculousness. <gasps> Burn in him. A, Burn yeah, him. We all Witch. know. We all know the truth. <laughs> taking the mic out of the TV industry, you know, being famous, um, all of that stuff. We kind of discuss all the stuff that you kind of, you're dying to ask someone. Um, because I'm like that as well. I mean, I meet, I meet famous people. and I, you know, So how do you cope with this? And how do you get around this? And, you know, how has your life changed with that? And so I kind of ask myself those questions and put it into the show. And it's, wow. um, yeah. And at the moment, it, it feels good. It's very, very revealing, though. And have you, well, this is really exciting. Have you performed it? at all yet no, still okay. writing it oh wow still writing it so yeah so we go we go on tour in october and uh the week after next we go into the studio to go and start setting it which is at the moment we've probably got enough material for about a four hour show yeah and we've got to get it down to 90 minutes so it's the big editing process what can i drop uh, you know, what, what stuff really isn't going to hit the mark kind of thing. And so it's a really interesting uh, process because it's just completely unlike the rest of my world. And you don't seem nervous at all about it? Are you nervous? No, do you know what? Weirdly, I'm, I think I'm going to be absolutely bricking it when I get to that point just before I go on stage. I think I'll be terrified. But at the moment, it's weird because I, I turned 43 on Saturday, actually. I turned 43 and I've never felt more confident or sharp and I'm going to say this word and I've never ever felt clever but I've never felt so bright in my entire life and it's something that has come with age and experience and so actually I really trust what comes out of my mouth now I feel very confident I don't need to lie anymore I don't need to kind of embellish anything I can just tell the truth because I've had enough experience for those stories to be interesting don't you think if there's you know there's not there's not a lot to recommend aging but I think the the best gift of aging and getting older is just being unshackled from that self-consciousness. Yeah, I love it. I used to get, you know, the, the things that I used to worry about saying or worry what people would think. Yeah. They just kind of like fritter away. I think the older anymore. I get. Yeah. You really don't care anymore, you know. And, and, and you know, okay, this is going to sound slightly depressing. I don't want it to. But, you know, you get to a certain age where you start losing family members and you get to a certain age where people start getting sick. And it really is a massive reality check where you kind of look into your life and you think, well, actually, do you know, 10 years ago, I would have been really bothered that I put the wrong pair of shoes with an outfit and it got seen by the nation. It would have really bothered me. I would have lost sleep over it. But actually, those kind of things don't bother me as much anymore. And things that bother me is the fact that I don't see my mum as much. Mm. And I really, really should spend some time with my best friend and I really should go and walk the dog instead of the nanny walking the dog. And so it's those are the things. And that's an age thing. And it's quite yeah. an amazing experience. Mm. Yeah. And I so, think so. And... Um, how you said your show is going to be really honest. Is there anyone in your family you're worried about? Do you know what? It? No, because I've been I've been very honest with everyone the whole of my life, and there's a few stories in there which are very close to the bone, but more. And it's not it's not an expose, and it's not gossip. I'm not trying to um, you know do harm to anyone, but it's the stuff that's gone in my gone on in my mind, stuff that I've experienced, and so I'm not going to tell anyone about the stories. Okay. And as in, I'm not going to tell my family members before I talk about them. I'm not going to talk about friends and stuff. I'm just going to let them appear in the show. Now, Can we call it? Got Kwan's gag race. 
if it's one queen on stage and it's Absolutely. really funny. I love that, Kat. Honestly, you're so welcome. This is amazing. Oh, man. Thank you. Yeah. She's very much. clever. Do you, do you know, but, do you know, just a one-liner and you floor us all, Kat. Ready? <laughs> there you go. Although it is called, I note with some interest, naked and bearing all. Yeah. Now tell us about that. Is this a literal thing? Are you, are you sort of like trying to excite the middle-aged legions <laughs> of fans across the country? Do you know what? I think me getting naked wouldn't excite anyone but it Come was on. Ori- well, it was originally a metaphor originally it was a metaphor uh you know i was going to reveal everything about myself balls it's um, a metaphor but oh. balls but as we were, do you want Strip. to see them joe that's the question <laughs> uh, but the big but since we've been working on it there's a couple of i've left six moments in the show which are entirely improvised i know exactly where they are they're a device to get to another part of the show and i have decided that if it feels right on the night I might deliver part of the show at least somewhat naked. And I don't know what part of my body's going to be out. It might be an ankle, Joe. Don't get too excited. It might be a collarbone. It might be, you know, the tackle. It might be anything. I'm just sort of like taking all that in. <laughs> Ready? Like, that, now, where, where do we get tickets for this, you know, once in a lifetime? You get tickets online. Or go to the theatre. So basically, yep. all the stuff is online. You can, if you follow me on Twitter or on Instagram, all of, all of the information's on there. But actually, just go to the theatres because we're going all over the country, everywhere from Norwich through to Glasgow. We're, we're literally everywhere, up to Manchester. We're coming down to London. You have Gok, to come and see it. I definitely will. Gok Wan is naked and bearing all from October 30, everybody. Right, so Gokwan, are you ready for a bit of Hey It's Okay action? Yeah, can't wait. I know, I can I'm tell. I can ready. tell you're excited. First, he was moaning about. He was moment. moaning about standing up a minute ago, but I think he's into I'm it there. now. I'm good, honestly. Yeah. You can't yeah. see the me, but I'm literally l- I'm lunging, but I'm not moving away from the mic because <laughs> he keeps on telling me off. That's James. <laughs> Say hi, good James. Producing James. Hello. And James is sitting down. I just want to point out to everyone: he's actually sitting down. He gives me the ho- he reads me the riot act about standing up. He's actually sat down. There's right a reason now. for that, though. What's that? He's, he's a lazy. bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that you're his boss. I'm just trying to sleep with him. Pa- paging HR, <laughs> paging HR for both of us. So, Gokwan, we're going to first have a heated debate about this topic. All right, okay. are you ready? Yeah. Is it okay to be desperate for autumn slash winter, staying on fashion brand because your wardrobe is just so much better? Mm. I have mixed feelings about this, but I can tell just by that orgasmic little sigh that. Cat feels quite strongly about this. Well, Joe, as one of life's redheads, uh, autumnal <laughs> colours are obviously absolute catnip to me. And I just, I love everything about autumnal dressing. I love the layers. I love the fact that it doesn't matter if you leave the house in the morning and it's, it's boiling hot, but it'll be tipping down later. Because obviously you will be in layers and all of your layers will be beautiful and fill you with joy and everything. And there's also, I think, that, that lovely back to school, new pencil case, uh, feeling of just wanting a little bit of like novelty and starting again, and it's almost like having a little bit of an extra new year just in the middle of it. I know. Well, you probably need to say anything. Amazing. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about it, Joe? Well, I'm very mixed on it. Thank you for asking. Got one. Go on. Uh, I, I just feel. I don't know. I'm, I'm Australian. The, yeah. win- the winters here are very hard on a, you know, even a hardened old Aussie like myself. They are quite boring. And it's not so much the cold, it's the dark that upsets me. But I, I'm not redheaded, but I come from redheaded stock. Cat and I, I, I'm, you know, I'm in summer. I spend the whole time paler than two milk bottles, so right. and a bit blotchy. So I don't feel like summer clothes suit me as mm. much. But oh my god, I'm doing cartwheels down the road the minute the clocks go forward yeah. for summertime. I, I struggle in winter, and I think the only thing that gets me through is, you know, the odd nice new coat. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. So, so winter, really? 
Oh, I don't know. It just, I, think it, an Aussie I, thing. I find it hard. Yeah. I think it's purely geographical. Mm. So, so I, ex fatty, 21 stone. Summer to me was a complete nightmare. The sweating, the not knowing what to wear, the having to get but your I, body out. I have childhood summer traumas as well. Because yeah. I was very, I, I mean, nobody who was fat ever has sympathy for this, but I was so thin I used to get teased. Right. Okay. No, I, and, I get and, that. I and very that. pale. I didn't look good in anything. You right. know, so it's a, it's a similar so thing. You carry that stuff, don't you? Yeah. But there is something about autumn winter. I mean, I think also our personalities are seasonal as well. And I mm. definitely have an autumn winter personality. I like warmth. I like coziness. I want to hold people. I want to hug people. When I talk to them, I want to make sure that we're connected in a moment and we're not running around in a field when it's like 45 degrees heat. Yeah. So my personality does, you know, really works in that season, definitely. And when it comes to the clothing as well, you know, layering is one thing, but it's just all of those rich tones yeah mm-hmm. now being half asian i've got lots of yellow pigment in my skin as well so when, when i start wearing all those rich tones it makes me feel warmer it makes me feel just uh, actually warmer but brighter at the same time i don't get any of that in the summer in the summer i just look uncomfortable and sweaty and i just don't like it so actually i'm just going to get rid of all the summers ever there you i'd go. be totally with you there i can't <laughs> cope in hot weather and the same with the outfits and again wanging on about being really tall again, is that lots of the lovely sort of summer dresses and everything look absolutely obscene on me because the length is <laughs> completely sort of like, yeah. just, just about Just about cover your front bottom. Oh, my God. Just about. <laughs> if I'm lucky, I literally would have to wear like PE knickers in order to be able to go outside. I quite like that look. I think people. I've styled people like that before, I have to say. I mean, it's ruder than wearing nothing at all. Well, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Definitely a pair of gym um, So your wardrobe, then. I have got like four... Uh, maybe summer t-shirts and maybe two shirts and I might have a light pair of trousers. Everything else I have is winter. And do you do you then just wear winter in summer, hoping to God that you're going to get into the air conditioning? I think I started wearing my woolen jumpers in July this year. Fabulous. And I love a you. really hopeful sort of grey day. we're going to marry. I you mean, know yes. that, don't you? I, I lost a lot of my self-consciousness as I got older, thank God. But I spent my uh, childhood and teen summers in Australia in 45 degree plus yeah. heat in yeah. my Levi's jeans of a long-sleeved baggy shirt. Oh, wow, because you wanted to cover yourself up? Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. When you think about it, isn't that absolutely incredible? There's three people here. All of this, I would Ooh, say... Oh, absolutely. Smoking hot, but smoking frankly. Hot. But, you know, successful, yeah. and yeah. We're, we're chatting away. Yeah. Isn't it bizarre to think actually all of us come with our own demons yeah. to a space that actually when talking just about seasonal clothing, it, we're all affected, but we all work in fashion. Isn't that the bizarrest thing? I'm having a moment. Well, I do... I, 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 James is winding us up, but I do, I do think that it's not a coincidence that people like us end up in these kind of jobs yeah, because the, the great irony is, is actually fashion and creative industries are a bit of a magnet for people who do feel a bit weird and do feel a bit yeah. outsidery. Absolutely. And also, yeah. sorry, James, you're going to shut us up now, but I'm just to add to that, I think it's amazing because when you think about it, our, our jobs are to inspire people and to, you know, not necessarily teach, but just give people an offering yeah. of maybe what they should be thinking or wearing about. And the fact that we've lived on both sides of that fence, the comfortable and the not so comfortable, isn't that the best kind of resource? Isn't yeah. that the best information? But it's also so lovely that everybody, I think, gets a time in the year to shine and to wear their favourite clothes and everything. So oh, she brings it back. Yeah. Oh, she's good. Yeah. Is that just, is good. Honestly, Look at that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all tied up in a nice little <laughs> waist-cinched bow. <laughs> Smug back-to-school swat. Yeah. I mean, gold star. You are good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Is it okay? Gokwan Cat Brown to ever to ever embellish the truth asks a journalist. Lol. But anyway, <laughs> um, absolutely. 100%. Oh, fine. Yeah. When I was when I was younger, I don't think I I don't think every single one of my stories felt bigger and bolder than they actually were because I always felt so insignificant with what I was doing or what I was achieving. I was such an insecure child, and it kind of it went with me for a long time to the point um, that so I've got I've got two incidents. I'm going to talk very quickly about them. The no, first don't talk one, quickly. We're loving the it. The first one I, when I first moved to London, I pretended that I was Scouse. I pretended I was from Liverpool. Oh my, my name God, was I was Cameron. not expecting that. Honestly, right. this is the honest That's truth. like that episode yeah. of Friends where is, where <laughs> Ross pretends he's British. <laughs> a, honestly, it was like. <laughs> And I did this. So I, I and I, I was at drama school. So it was kind of almost. Oh, please do it, do work. it, do we, it. Now. We are going to need to yeah. say that, Jay. <laughs> I'm joking. It's Goch. And so I, so I used to go out and I used to dress in a pink Ralph Lauren shirt. I a thought you were going to white. I'm, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Everyone will get upset with me. Anyway. In a pair of white um, uh, kind of chinos and loafers and had this like kind of real, you know, straight boy look. What was the straight boy look then? I'd call myself Cameron. I had a wife in Merseyside with two children. And I would go out and pull guys this way. So I would go into a club and I'd be like, hey, how's it going? You all right? You're joking. You're joking, are you? And I convinced myself that if I had this persona, then I could be this person. I'd and you know what? It worked. Second story. So, and then it's Hang on a minute. I'm still processing. <laughs> <laughs> this is, and you know, I've never told that story before. I just need ever. a moment to pick my jaw up <laughs> off from the carpet. <laughs> Um, and so, and so I then, as I got older and older and older, and so this is a, a, quite a recent story. So probably about eight or nine years ago, uh, no, m- longer than that, ten years ago, I was very ill. I had a stomach ulcer, and it burst. And I was in hospital, and uh, one day I was in my bed, and I heard this enormous fart, like the most enormous fart I've ever heard in my entire life. It was so loud, and so I was so angry that the person in the room next to me could do that, and I've got a stomach ulcer. And you are just <laughs> farting in your room. So I got out of bed with two drips and I kind of shuffled myself, bum out <laughs> at the back, and I'm doing this now. And I put my head around. He and I literally said, is shuffling. Literally, literally, I know, popped my head around the door to the room next door to me. And I said, Excuse me, would you. And stopped. It was Sir Michael Gambon <gasps> laying, in, <laughs> laying in the bed. And I was like, 
Dumbledore, you are disgusting. <laughs> That's literally the first thing that came out of my mouth. And then, anyway, so this love affair happened, and we were in hospital together. He had a stomach ulcer as well, and we were in hospital together for two weeks. And we, I remember, we used to listen to classical, classic FM oh every single day, top and turning his bed, just talking about life in general. He's such a dear friend now, and I lay there, and he, and this, and getting back to the thing, um, he laid there one day. And he said, "Gok, do you know what? I have never told." The truth. And am I allowed to swear now? Yeah. And I said, what? Well, what are you on about, Dumbledore? Because I always called him Dumbledore. What are you on about, Dumbledore? And he went, because the truth is so fucking boring. <laughs> and you know what? That justified 35 years of my life. Incredible. So that's how I feel about embellishing. Podcast listeners. <laughs> just lie. You're, you're worried about that, you know, sort of like over-egging how fast you can type on your CV. <laughs> Listen to Goggle. <laughs> but that's it. I think also it's just because the, the, the term embellishment is so gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah. It, it just gives the idea of putting like a lovely scallopy lacy trim on an otherwise yeah. fairly boring truth. And if I'm telling a story about something that's happened, then I'm very keen on those scallopy lacy yeah. trims, which will normally Definitely. come in <laughs> massive, large, unnecessary amounts of adjectives. That said, um, I really desperately try not to lie about anything sort of serious or about anything in my life, because I just find, not necessarily that it sort of comes back to bite you on the ass, but just that... I just find it easier just to keep things straight because then you just you're then you don't have to remember anything or remember oh god but I told but that, that person I couldn't go to that. Is that a fear of being caught out though? Was there a fear of you not delivering properly? Oh my god, yes, absolutely. Right, so that's so. Yeah. Well, well, back to friends. Like, don't say you can speak French on your CV like Joey if you can't. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I but I did lie to get my first job in Britain. Oh, did you? I had to. I was desperate. I had no money. I mean, I really had no money. But that's not embellishing a lie. And I did exactly the same yeah. thing after I'd, um, I'd lost my job and was looking for a new one. And I got an interview. I basically lied my way into an interview same. for a business magazine. Right. I know nothing about business. I literally had to search for what on earth a bear market was and was sitting there with a sort of list of <laughs> things going on. And luckily, I got a job somewhere where it was like in a film magazine or something where you didn't have to know anything actually important or useful and just know about lovely, lovely yeah. things like films. But that is desperation, and that, I think, is a can, different thing. Can I give you... Have I got time for one story? I'm, I'm so afraid of James. No, I'm but you're... you're, you're it, sorry, not lying. Embellishing stories are much better than mine, so, <laughs> so carry on. So, yeah. um, so this is a story from the stage show. So I'm going to give you actually an exclusive because this story is in the stage show. Will you be naked whilst you tell I'm it. going to be naked. So I just want to imagine. Sit down, everyone. Stay on the bus four <laughs> stops past where you're supposed to get off. This is going to be so good. Here we go. So I had left drama school and I had left early because I was rubbish. I was the most awful actor in the entire world. I didn't know what I was doing myself. I was terribly ill um, and I'd got very sick with an eating disorder and stuff. Oh, I'd God. gone home yeah. uh, to Leicester and two years later, I suddenly arrived back in London saying, right, London, I'm going to do this. This is all about me. And I'd moved in to a flat with a girl that I was at drama school with. She had got a single, single deal with Parlophone Records. And the day I was going out to work at a restaurant as a waiter, she was getting her makeup done, ready to do her music video. And the makeup artist came in and I, she started work 20 minutes later as I'm about to leave I see her face I'm thinking that is the worst makeup I have ever seen in my entire life and it really troubled me I spent the whole day at work thinking about this makeup and thinking about what's going on I got home from work and I said to her I said to my flatmate so how was it was it amazing brilliant did you love it wonderful and said and that makeup eyes how much did she get paid 
She said, 150 pounds. I said, 150 pounds? 150 pounds for a whole day's work. One day, I am gonna earn 150 pounds a day. And so it was in my mind, maybe three months later, I'm working in a restaurant on Old Compton Street in London, and I buy all of the weekly magazines. And I'm looking at the gutters uh, for all the models credits and the makeup credits and, and, and who's done what. And this woman's name came up, Carol Hayes, and she'd done great that month. She'd had artists absolutely everywhere, hair and makeup artists. And so I got on my Motorola, I flipped it. <laughs> it was back in the day. <laughs> and I called up the number. And I said, hi, uh, my name is Gokwan. I've just flown in from New York. I'm a makeup artist. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to come and talk to you. I've only got 24 hours in the country uh, because I'm going out to LA to work on a film. Give me a reason to stay. And, <laughs> and it was literally, that silence there was the silence I got on the phone. And the woman said, fine, come in and see us. Just turns out the agency was two roads behind the restaurant. And so I then took off my apron, flipped down my phone, and I minced around to that office. I stood outside, I remember things to myself, you've got nothing to lose here, just go and do it. And I walked into that office with literally chest out, head held high, the deepest tone I could get in my voice, and basically said, I'm going to LA to work on a film. I don't have a portfolio. It's with the director at the moment. It's with all the producers. I don't have a kit. I actually can't yeah, bear this. Literally. <laughs> It's with, uh, it's, my kit's been flown from New York to LA ready for the film. But you know, I just want to stay. My family's here. And, and that was it. I walked out of the office thinking, what, what have I done? What have I, done? I went back to the restaurant. The next day I get a telephone call from the agency saying, can you do a job for Polo magazine making up the Polo players and their wives? And I was like, yeah, sure, of course I can. The next day. I put the telephone, flip down, Motorola still. Yep. And I there thought, I've got no kit. What am I going to do? I've got no kit. I've got nothing. So I went straight to B&Q and I bought a toolbox, a silver toolbox. <laughs> That's box, where all makeup artists right? sort of <laughs> like get their kit. Yeah. I went to, Polyfiller. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I went to a children, the cheapest, cheapest pound shop for children's art stuff. And I bought all these brushes, which were awful. I don't know what they were made of, old carpets or something that were so stiff. And then a friend of mine worked at the body shop and I said, I need some makeup. I've got this makeup job tomorrow. She said, come down. I finish at eight. I'm closing up. So I went down there and I borrowed, borrowed all of the testers. I then spent 10 hours picking off the tester label. I don't know what they're on. Soldered on. These labels are soldered on. And I went to the job and I did my first makeup job. Everyone, male and female, looked like a drag queen. It was like the early days oh of my RuPaul's God, Drag Race. I need race. to see these pictures. <laughs> they're around somewhere. And do you know what? I got, I, I got booked and booked and booked. So they booked liked that the sort point. of Barbara Cartland, Miss Bro, Piggy. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. But it was nothing about the makeup. It was because I was there and full of life and I was doing all that stuff. And Carol Hayes is still my agent today. This oh, is no way. I mean, <laughs> oh my god, I'm going to cry with the awesomeness of this. That is absolutely that's beyond it. And that did, is has bollocks. Has anybody at, at Carol Hayes ever said to you, "We knew you yeah. were talking utter shit"? You know what they did? They, do you know what they didn't actually? I think my my I'm a chutzpah. My my bravado was so because I because I thought to myself, actually, do you know what? I genuinely have nothing. If I do someone's makeup bad, it's makeup bad. You know, I'm not cutting off limbs. I'm not pretending to be you know a, a surgeon or anything. And it wasn't about that. But it was. I don't think I would have done it now thinking about it had I did, didn't I think I could do something with it I learned very quickly on the job that's amazing on all of these jobs and before I knew it, I was doing music videos and advertising campaigns and editorial and just all completely self-taught so what, what so what you're saying is that anybody can do it yeah, just basically, if lie. you're listening yeah <laughs> lie just lie <laughs> lie 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 <laughs> Yes, everybody, it's that part of the podcast little segment where, you know, I just blow a bit of smoke up our own collective jacksies. I'm really sorry. But you know what? We love getting your reviews and we reward 
for reviews because reviews really help us sort of like with our ranking on iTunes and just helps us to keep doing what we're doing. And I know that a lot of you are loving it. So thank you for that. Uh, this week, I want to have a big shout out to Gemma J2590, who is currently in Australia. So, you know, not that I'm biased or anything, but we picked that one out. She said, saving my sanity. Big thank you to all the glamour women and James. And and Gok in this case. I'm currently working on a banana farm for my second year visa in Australia. That's very on brand for Australian travelling. And this podcast is not only... Oh, she's typed something wrong there. And this podcast not only covers interesting, relevant and helpful topics, but makes me laugh to get me through my days. Well, thank you for that, Gemma. If you email me on editor at glamourmagazine.co.uk, I will be working out how to get you something to your banana farm in Australia. (laughs) Is it okay... Cat Brown got one to have no idea where your life is going. Oh, I bloody hope so. That was just <laughs> me for most of my 20s. Uh, I'm definitely, I don't know where things are going. Do you? Um, no. Well, you, you, know you do this year because you've got your tour. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, do you know what? I think there's a huge, okay, so I, so I want to get on my soapbox slightly about this. So as everyone will, will tell you, I don't like boys. I only like girls. I like boys for certain things, but girls mainly. And I think girls are put under a huge amount of pressure to forecast their lives. And I've always spoken about this. You are going to be this type of girl. Uh, you are going to have this many children. You're going to marry that type of man. You're going to have this type of job. You're going to leave that type of job and do something completely different, but we're going to control what that is. And then at this age, you're then going to retire. And, then, and, so, and I think that actually, with all those pressures that, that young women are put on, and I do mean this, actually, all those pressures that young people are, young women put on about how they look, how they present themselves, are they feminine enough, are they too masculine, are they too tomboy? All of that stuff just confuses people to mm. think, actually, where is my life going? Because you really, if you think about it, you, you haven't had that much control. People have been dictating to you for so long about what you're going to be doing. They've almost forecast it in their almanac right now. And so actually, I think, and my true thing is, is if you don't know where you're going, then you're actually winning. Yeah. Because it means that you are back in control of your life. But do you think, I, I, and just listening to you talk makes me sort of like examine my own relationship with that. And I feel like, yeah, I often sort of like have a little chat with myself about, well, you know, where are you going? What's the next thing? You know, what, what, what's the goal? What, what, what's mm-hmm. the next development? And I'm, who, to what standard am I holding myself who who besides that voice is who are you doing it for yeah is the big question oh my god (laughs) who am I that's you know it's true though it's really really true and I don't think I'm a boy and you know I've got a dad and I've got a brother and I've been surrounded by men I've had male lovers and boyfriends you know I don't think boys are put through the same pressure I really really don't I think girls are put through an immense amount of pressure and from a really really early age you know even from receiving your first piece of pink clothing it's already starting. I think that women um, tend to beat themselves up more from a perfectionist perspective more oh, than men do. I am hugely guilty of that. Yeah, I, I am. I sort of like always like, you know, competing with myself in a way. I'm not sure if I completely agree that men don't have, they might not have the same pressures. I, I think it's a different but, pressure. Yeah, but if you think about it, I think traditionally men have been pressured to be the one provide to be the providers to be the breadwinners and i but i do feel maybe that when they're sort of like ticking that box they feel they can take the foot off the pedal a little bit i don't know yeah i'm not saying that men don't of course men feel those pressures and i think that is set out there i think maybe the the pressures on on women or young women so more public yeah they're just they're just there they're out there they're immediate you know from the idea you know i mean we're still fighting in 2017 
the, the wage gap. Oh, I know. Mm. You know, yeah, big news this moment that Holly Willoughby is receiving the same amount of money as Philip. Mm. You know, this is no disrespect. You know, I work on that program. No disrespect. Uh, but th- this is actually isn't big news. No. You know, this should have happened. So, do you see what I mean? It's it's just it's it's been put out there far more. That control yes. has been out and there far I think, more. I think there's a lot more sort of like overt, exposed judgments yeah. of women and judgments yeah. of women's choices. I think the idea of control is a really interesting one because particularly when you're in your 20s and you're starting out on your career and you're trying to really make waves in that, there is so little that you can control yeah. that your career becomes almost your identity. It's who yeah. you are, particularly if you live in a really big city where obviously yeah. everything can feel very fast-paced. And with social media, obviously I'm the social media editor at Glamour. I love social media. It's been very good in a lot of ways for me and I really enjoy it but it can be quite difficult actually to sort of see people like your contemporaries or people maybe a couple of steps above and go oh my god they're so impossibly far away from me how am I ever going Mm. to catch up with them and I um, about 10 years ago uh, lost my job uh, not just because of my job but the entire publication that I was working for shut down right and after that I didn't immediately go into another job and I ended up on the dole for two months literally going to uh, the Dole Centre in Peckham and then going, we've got a journalism job for you. It's diplomatic editor at the Daily Telegraph. And I was like, that's great for me, 24-year-old entertainment writer, amazing. (laughs) But it was so difficult because I was just like, maybe I'll never get back into journalism again. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go with that? And actually that, that time of just sort of essentially just being thrown into this awful sort of milestrom of Londonness, where you see everybody having a great mm. time and doing really well and you're just there sitting in your room looking at the job ads again that took that has really stayed yeah. with me partly because I don't want to go there again but also because when I do get emails or tweets from people going oh my god you're so successful how did you get there and I'm like I cried in my room a lot yeah <laughs> there was a lot of that but that's the thing what if you two what would be your advice for those times when people are feeling really directionless. What yeah. do you do when you are thinking, well, shit, what am I going to do now? Well, you know, what, what do you do? What do you do? I think that you need to focus in on skill set. Skill set for me has always been very important. You know, what are you good at? It might yeah. be talking. It might be listening. It might be, you know, something you've trained to do. Uh, focus in on that skill. Try and find your confidence with that somewhere to think, actually, how can I apply this to work? How can I apply this to making my life better? You know, a lot, a lot of my friends over the years have left their very high-powered, very high-paid jobs to go and work for charities and things because they felt that they weren't doing enough for themselves or their communities but what they did is they then used a completely different skill set they didn't even know that they had and it's inside of them I don't think you should be afraid of that change either Um, you know I I posted something can I I read something yeah and it was uh, be a real man grow some balls man up and I, my response to that was, my sex does not give me courage. My determination, ambition, and desire does. All of which are not gender exclusive. So let's make a deal. You stop asking me to be a real man, and I'll stop thinking you're talking nonsense. I love it. And so just, just thinking about that. And, I and think well, that that's the thing. And it's just another way in which equality yes. is, is, is unchaining for both genders, for yeah. all genders. Do you know, and I Absolutely. think that that's what people are slowly starting to realise. Definitely. And yeah. something that I would say as well to people who might be feeling a bit a bit stuck or really worried is do just talk to somebody. Yeah. Do reach out. Yeah. Um, whether it's dropping somebody a tweet, like nobody ever minds that. Um, or, you know, emailing somebody. It can be quite easy to actually work out email addresses for places. Um, if, you, if you're sort of feeling that like you don't know how to make the next move or, or you don't know what you want 
then that's that's completely fine. And, and I'll add to that a, a piece of advice that um, a really pragmatic friend of mine follows when he's having, and it's, it is a he, when he's having moments of self-doubt, is to set himself the task of every week meeting, making a meeting with somebody who he feels can teach him something. That's good. It could be... Finding a mentor, a, a, yeah. Yeah, you know, a lunch where he might find mm. someone who suggests someone else you can meet and talk to. I thought that was amazing practical advice that just opens your brain a little bit more to other possibilities. A few years ago, I made a a program called Gox Teens, The Naked Truth, which was a spin-off of How to Look Good Naked, but aimed at teenagers. So we dealt with anxiety, depression, eating disorders, autism, lots of of different things. Uh, Not autism. um, I can't remember what it was. Anyway. ADHD? uh, No, it was... I can't remember. Mm. Um, Anyway, so we made this amazing show. Uh, It was brilliant. And there was one girl that I was working with who had this big problem with um, those uh, thinorexia sites. Mm. So she would go onto all those sites and she would be like aspiring to look like these girls. And so I I taught her to do one thing. And actually this would apply to anybody regardless of what you're thinking about your life. And everyone has a mirror in their house of some description. And if you've got a long, tall mirror, even better. Uh, And on the left-hand side, that's going to be the negative side of your mirror. So you're going to get a post-it pad and you're going to just write down all the stuff that maybe you don't feel comfortable in your life or you hate about your life it's a strong word but hate it or whatever and you're going to fill that side up let me tell you right now all of us around this room you're going to fill the side of that mirror but what I want you to do is every single day is I want you to write one thing that actually you could achieve or you can do or you can see or already you're achieving and I want you to put that on the right hand side of your mirror but then you've got to replace it you've got to take one of those left hand side off and gradually you start building the right hand side of your mirror and it worked Mm. an absolute treat and you know she was a young girl but I think that would work for anybody male female any age because it just allows you to physically see I think that's a lovely practical experiment yeah Mm. one. I feel like we could do a three-part podcast. Ah, I've so enjoyed having you I've loved in our this. little cupboard. Thank you. Thank you. Now, we can't wait to come and see you on tour, which starts October 30, which is not that far away now. No, so, I, I better get in that studio yeah. and start writing this bugger. Naked and bearing all. Check El Got's social sites for information on where Absolutely. to get tickets. And I will see you in London. And I you know, can't, wait. can't wait to see which bit you're going to bear. Can't wait. <laughs> can't wait to show you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you, Cat Brown. Thank you, Gokwan. Thanks, guys. 